Welcome to the Plexus Presidential Podcast Series. We are excited to have Dr. Doug Mann, President of Bryan College, as our guest. Well, I always love to start out with your background and your personal journey. And I found that a question that seems to resonate typically is starting with who are, who were and who are your mentors that helped shape your journey? Yeah. Um, you know, in the, in the, the, that's a great way to, to approach my journey because my mentors, they really begin with my father. Um, I grew up on a, on a farm in central North Carolina. And uh, my dad was, was in many ways an academic, you know, I'm in the academic world now, but my dad was a, uh, was a ag economics uh, major and actually had started working on a doctorate uh, in ag economics. And then he went back to the farm uh, in North Carolina. Uh, we had chickens, uh, layers and, and beef cattle. And my dad's career was, uh, professional career was largely on that farm where I got to watch him uh, grow a business. Uh, I got to watch him uh, grow a family. Uh, but then also uh, I learned how to work on the farm. And uh, from an early age, I had some of my chores and responsibilities uh, there on that farm. Um, and I learned a lot as well. And this is probably a consistent theme throughout my my career and one of my highest values is, is integrity. Uh, I got to watch my dad, you know, work interpersonally with a lot of different people, people he employed, people he did business with, um, working in our church and, and other different, you know, community environments and the integrity that, uh, that I saw my dad uh, display. And so that was probably one of the foundational mentors uh, in, in my life. Um, and you fast forward to uh, a place that has been and now continues to be a, a formative place for me, and that's at Bryan College, where I have the privilege of, of serving as, as president. I went to Bryan as a student. I was an undergrad there, graduated in 1992, and several different people poured their lives into me, but, um, but one of those in particular was a, a, a professor. His name was Gary Phillips. Gary was a, a theology philosophy professor. Um, he was a local pastor, um, a thoroughgoing academic. He loved the life of the mind. And uh, Gary modeled again that, that idea of integrity, uh, but integrity in scholarship and in hard work. And uh, Gary actually married, uh, he performed the ceremony for my wife and I, and we've been, you know, lifelong, uh, lifelong friends uh, uh, since then. But um, Gary was a, a key molding influence in that life of the mind, um, that academic, uh, that academic world that, that Brian was, uh, was such a part of. Um, you know, some of the other mentors, um, I'm a historian. Mm -hmm. So uh, I majored in, in history and, and Bible at Bryan and uh, went on to get a doctorate in history. And that's, that's kind of my academic, uh, that's the academic world uh, I inhabit. And some, there are lots of different uh, academics uh, in, in that world, lots of different 
figures from from history that um, I've learned from that uh, that are very influential in my life. Um, one, I read a, a, a Doris Kearns uh, Goodwin biography of Abraham Lincoln and of his administration and have always appreciated. I've read a lot of different things on Abraham Lincoln. He's a he's somewhat of a, a hero in, in many ways for what he overcame, his life as a leader. Uh, but one of the fascinating pieces was his use of stories. Um, how he used stories during his administration to make a point. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wish I could tell a story like uh, like he could, uh, but um, have have learned the value of that exercise of being able to tell a story to make a point, whether it's a personal story or uh, something you learned over time, uh, you know, whatever it may be, but but that. Um, so those are probably three. Uh, there are others, um, but uh, those are probably three that have been important in my life. So now growing up in North Carolina, are you a Tar Heel or a Blue Devil or some uh, another school? Oh, my. You didn't even give the most important one, a Wolfpacker. Oh, oh what's that? <laughs> a Wolfpacker, North Carolina. Oh, NC State. my goodness. Okay. NC State? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, my dad's a, my dad graduated from NC State. And uh, so can't like the Tar Heels and really can't like Duke. So. <laughs> um, res- respect them, but uh, yeah, not a fan. <laughs> sure, sure. So, uh, you know, if you were to talk to a student about Ryan College, there's, you know, as we talked about, it's a saturated market. You know, a lot of schools vying for students. And, you know, when you look at the enrollment cliff and um, the shortage of high school students that we're seeing and will continue to see, you know, when you talk to a student about why Bryant College, what do you say? Um, I get to do that speech a lot now, um, and and it's one that uh, is deeply personal to me because it was Bryan College for me uh, when I was a student. And I think one of the things that I, I can emphasize about Bryan College is in our 90-year uh, history, Bryan has never wavered from its foundation as a faith-based institution, Right. Our motto is Christ above all, and, and the core of what we do is, is God's word, and we've been consistent in that for, for 90 years, and, and we're not going to move away from that, and so there's that consistency uh, in, in mission. Uh, our focus is on our students and helping them to grow uh, as a whole person. Um, we know that uh, over the course of their lives, they're going to change jobs probably six, seven, eight times. Uh, the stats are, uh, I think right now it's about eight times. You're going to have probably a different uh, type of career path. And I see it as, as very important for Brian, not only to train you for that first job, but to train you for the six or seven jobs that are going to come after that through helping you become a person who, who learns throughout your life, who understands how to think understands and, and applies how to write critically um, and to communicate well. And so uh, consistency and mission, uh, we're not going to waver from who we are. We're going to train you with those knowledge, values, and skills that are going to not only help you get that first job, uh, but they're also going to help prepare you for, for life in, the, in whatever profession you choose and whatever community you live in, uh, whatever environment that, that uh that you find yourself in. 
that's what we want to do. Well, and, and, you know, when you look at you and you touched upon this, how important, especially at Bryant College, is it to have not only that faith-based mission, but also, can you talk about the strength of a liberal arts education? Yeah, you know, that's, uh, Brian was founded uh, with that liberal arts focus. It was uh, largely in the 30s and 40s, uh, a school that uh, prepared a lot of ministers uh, and a lot of teachers. And the core of that educational foundation was uh, not only scripture, but also that liberal arts uh, you know, history, math, being strong in science, all of the different components of, of the liberal arts. Brian remains uh, with that, that same foundational uh, principle and approach to education because, and, and I believe this, uh, and, and I think even people like Mark Cuban uh, argue this, the owner of the Mavericks, that that liberal arts core prepares you, uh, you, you learn how to read, you learn how to read critically, you learn how to think critically, you learn how to engage uh, as I said, in, in writing and in oral uh, communication with, uh, with perspective, um, it allows you, and, and Mark Cuban, I, I referenced him, he writes about this, that we're great at producing all of these data analysts, but it's the folks who can understand what to do with the data, how to read it, how to look for the trends and all that. That's the, that's the liberal arts. Um, that's that critical appraisal of, of the information that's coming into you. Uh, and that's what I talk about, Brian. Brian uh, prepares students with those with those skill sets, and and I do believe that that liberal arts foundation is is very important for today's students. Um, I'm sorry to see so many schools go much more towards almost exclusively professional training. Um, I really believe you need that uh, that liberal arts core um, as your foundation. Mm-hmm. So where were you when? Uh... In 1983, when the Wolfpack won the, the basketball title, do you remember? Oh, oh, I de- very much so. I watched every game. Um, I was 13 years old, and Jim Valvano was uh, alternating between the dumbest coach and the most brilliant coach <laughs> in my household. Um, they tried to give away several games. They tried to lose to Pepperdine early on. Uh, and then, of course, the, the, the great game against Houston – um, you know, NC State never should have been in that tournament almost. They won the ACC tournament to get in. They probably wouldn't have been in the tournament. And uh, so I still have on my desk a bottle of uh, NC State Wolfpack National Championship Coke, one of those uh, oh, commemorative. Yeah. Uh, so that is obviously a formative memory for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exciting times, definitely. Yes, definitely. it was. <clears throat> Um, so how many uh, first-generation students do you have? About 30% of our student body uh, is, is first-generation. And uh, it's interesting you ask that. That was something we, I want to say we discovered. Um, but when I came about four years ago, I, I asked the question. And we began to capture, we had that information, but we weren't really doing anything with it. But being in a, r- a rural area, uh, Dayton, Tennessee is, uh, you know, East Tennessee, um, uh, economically, socially, economically depressed. Um, we get a lot of first-generation students, and it's become a key focus for us to help those students succeed, um, to find that their pathway to, uh, to graduating from Bryan, but also to the, all of the transformational 
pieces that are a part of achieving that bachelor's degree. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and when you look at first generation students and students in general, but in particular, you know, the trend that we see and that we hear from administrators is it's, it's sometimes tough to keep first generation students on the path to earning a bachelor's degree and, and continuing their education versus jumping at a high per hour job, especially now. So how do you make sure that you can keep that student in the seat and, and you know, help them pursue that degree? Right. No, and that you're right. That is a, a current challenge right now as, as that 18 or 19 year old is looking at perhaps taking on some debt um, versus going and, and finding a job that pays 15, 18, $20 an hour. Um, probably every president is, is feeling that, um, fielding that question, feeling that pressure, uh, so to speak. What we've, what we've done and what, you know, and, and we're not reinventing the wheel here. A lot of other schools are, are excellent at what they do with, with first-generation students. One, identify. Uh, identify those, those first-generation students and, and come alongside them in a positive way, um, recognizing that the challenges they face both uh, from their family, um, they may not have a, a very, uh, very uh, significant support structure. So Brian comes alongside and begins to provide that, that support structure. But also recognizing that first-generation students are asking lots of, of different questions. I came from a family where uh, my parents had gone to, to, to college. And so going to college was uh, a next step for me. And I, I, I had a support structure that knew the questions to ask about finance, about tuition, about room and board, about you know, what it looks like to be in a college classroom, all of those kind of things that, that perhaps come uh, fairly natural to those that have been in higher education. But for that first generation uh, college student, that is, is completely outside of their, uh, their understanding. And so we work very hard at the, at the outset of that to build that community where they know who to go to for whatever question they might have about their experience at Bryan College, whether it's in the classroom, uh, in the financial aid office, uh, they need some, some career counseling, you know, what does this all mean at the end of four years? Um, you know, how does this translate into something significant for me in a job? Um, and part of that is, and I think this is, is, is a part of this discussion, Brad, is, is also asking that student and that family to trust the statistics. The, to, the statistics say, you know, when you finish your bachelor's, that is a generational, that has generational impact. Um, and it's not just on your earning income and all of that stuff that is very important, but it's also quality of life uh, that the stats show uh, that a bachelor's degree uh, dramatically improves that, that quality of life. And uh, we are proud, you know, Brian has been uh, we've been ranked high in, in uh, socioeconomic, um, I forget the exact statistic, this was a year or so ago, but Brian was recognized as positively impacting the socioeconomic impact uh, of those first generational students. And so that's something we're, we focused on, we've seen success. Um, time will tell over the next couple of years to your, your most immediate question. Um, will the, the current challenges in, in the marketplace, um, the jobs, you know, how, 
will our efforts as an institution retain those first generational students or um, are they going to, you know, are they going to leave in mass? They're not going to leave in mass, but you know, how, just how successful we've seen success. Uh, we're proud of what we're doing. Um, but I think time will tell over the next several years, how those trends will continue. Mm -hmm. How do you see Brian, uh, impacting the local community and, and vice versa? What is that relationship? What does that relationship mean? And how are you forming partnerships with local businesses and just the local community? What does that look like today? Yeah, you know, that is, um, it's a great question. And it's one, as I started uh, my role as president, um, it was in the middle of COVID. My first day of office was July 14th, 2020. And of course, you know, the world had shut down in March of 2020 for about three months. And so there are lots of different questions. There were lots of different questions about what what all of that would look like throughout that first year. And uh, one of the things that I made it a, a very uh, important point in my first year and then into my second year was that laying a foundation of positive community relations was gonna be crucial for, for Brian, but also for my initial uh, work as president in the community. And it wasn't that my predecessors had not paid attention to that. It was just, I saw that as, as a key part of, if I was going to succeed, I needed to have community uh, support, community buy-in. And so what did we do? Um, we One, personally, I spent a lot of time, energy, effort, meeting with lots of different people. Um, if there was an invitation to go speak at something, I accepted it. Uh, if there was a, a lunch offer, I took it. You know, a lot of, lot of just interpersonal, um, you know, Tip O'Neill said all politics is, per, is, is personal. Um, and in this way, you know, I see this community building, it's, it's deeply personal. Um, I had a lot of my senior leadership as well, uh, deeply engaged, um, seeking out those different relationships within their, their sphere of responsibility, whether it was the advancement office, spending time with uh, with folks, whether it was our, our uh, chief financial officer spending time with the banks in the community or, or the business in the community. But then also what, what is, is very important is the academic uh, leadership spending time with, uh, in our area, you know, the, the, the tire manufacturers so we can get internships for our engineering students or uh, other local businesses to get internships for our business students, marketing, uh, you know, spending time with a marketing firm so that our, our students have the opportunity for internships there. Um, so that all, it, it, was a, it was a major focus for me. Um, we saw a tremendous amount of, of positive response uh, from the community. Um, it's generated a lot of very positive uh, developments in terms of, of, like I said, internships or, or other, uh, other relationships and uh, been very, uh, very excited to see, uh, to see the progress that we've made there. Mm -hmm. When we look at uh, diversity, um, you know, it's, it's, it's often said in, in podcasts we've had with other presidents, but, you know, when you, when you look at diversity, diversity doesn't mean a lot without inclusion and belonging. 
So how do you make sure that you build, you know, that type of um, community, you know, comfort level with a diverse population at Bryan College? Yeah, um, you know, Bryan has always been a place that has highly valued community um, and bringing whatever student from whatever walk of life, whatever socioeconomic background, whatever racial or ethnic background uh, coming into to, to Bryan College. It's always been a welcoming place. It's always been a, a, a place that places that high value on building that community and recognizing that uh, folks come from a lot of different backgrounds and that in that we all make one community. Um, we have worked hard over the past number of years to learn and explore more about our community, our, our community on the hill. We're on, you know, we call it Brian Hill. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, understanding the needs, the values of, of the various folks that, that come to us um, and respond to that and in, in, uh, providing those uh, uh, learning opportunities for all of our students to engage on uh, you know, racial awareness, uh, understanding the, I say racial awareness, but understanding the different backgrounds that, yeah. that our students come from. Uh, we have a, a, a large international population. And so understanding the, the cultures of Brazil or uh, Latin America, where they're coming from. Um, but at the bottom of this is, is this idea that um, we are, we all belong, right? We all are a part of this community and, and God has brought us together. Uh, we want to seek to honor him through uh, through loving those that are that are around us, and I know that sounds uh, maybe maybe preachy. I don't mean it to sound that way, but uh, but that's a genuine value that we want to to engage uh, with with all of our our uh, all of our our students, all of our faculty, all of our uh, staff, in such a way that uh, they do feel that sense of belonging. They do feel that sense of inclusion in what we're doing. Mm -hmm. So talk to me about your online strategy. I know, you know, part of your background is working at Liberty and, and you know, what, what does that, what does your online strategy look like and your, and your growth strategy in general? Um, and then if, if I could tie that into how do you make sure that mission isn't lost with online education? Yeah. You know, online, uh, you, you referenced my years at, at Liberty and of course the, the Liberty story is, is well known. Uh, dramatic success. Uh, they were succeeding at online education long before online education was a thing. Uh, you know, Jerry Falwell Sr. had distance learning, distance Bible curriculum that he was doing in the early 90s. And so there was already that, that foundation that, that was laid there and that Liberty capitalized on it. And I had the privilege of being a part of some great uh, leadership teams there and learned a tremendous amount about building uh, building an online infrastructure, uh, the academic pieces that that are are such a, a crucial part of that. And so, in coming to Brian, though, it, it's two very different environments, right? One that is is quite large, very well funded, uh, into a a small rural setting that. Uh, had had dipped its toe into online education, had grown a little bit, and and then was really uh, probably over the last four or five years in a period of um, stagnation, if not uh, 
really not much growth and trying to breathe some, some life into that. And so what do you do? Um, one, we've adjusted just some of the administrative, how we, how we manage the courses, right? Some of the nuts and bolts things that, that uh, all of us are doing in, in online education, making sure that our students have the most efficient way to, to register for classes, may, looking at efficiencies um, is a key part. But um, one of the, the shifts that probably one of the most distinctive shifts that is, has been uh, where the jury's still out, so to speak, in, in terms of how effective is, is how we go about uh, recruiting for the, the online population. Prior to my coming, really, the, the model was much more of a residential, almost face-to-face -face model. Uh, you're going to go out to, to local schools. Uh, you're going to recruit for that online student in the same way that you would recruit for, uh, for that, that residential student, a lot of face-to-face -face work. Um, there was some lead, what we call, you know, lead gen buying, but not, not a significant amount. Um, two years ago, we began to aggressively, we aggressively moved more towards that the lead gen side of things on uh, on that uh, enrollment side of things, still trying to find the right fit, the right student fit, but but expanding significantly what we were doing there. We've seen it takes a while. Uh, anyone in the industry, I think, will tell you it takes a while to get the lift off of that. Uh, you've got to have brand awareness. You've got to have the you know all the different. Uh, uh, computer or, you know, the IT infrastructure pieces that go along with that. It's been a little bumpy, but we have seen growth. We are, uh, we are trending up now. It's not as, as fast as I would like to see. Of course, no president probably is uh, pleased. You always want more, right? Um, but I am pleased that the, the trajectory at least is not, uh, it's not a down arrow now. It's, a, it's an upward arrow. So that's good. One other component that, uh, that we did, and this was something I learned uh, from, uh, from one, of my, uh, one of my colleagues up during my days at, at Liberty, but uh, it's, it's the idea of, of he called it, um, and he got, he got uh, criticized in, in ways of saying it this way, but putting more product on the shelf, right? If, if the product's not there, you're not going to get the student for that that degree program, and so we've been pretty aggressive in uh, putting more uh, programs, more master's level programs uh, available for students. And then we just actually launched our first doctoral program, uh, a doctor doctorate of business administration, uh, in the online format as well. And we've we're very pleased with the growth that we're seeing there. So just kind of you know finding efficiencies, a uh, paradigm shift in. Uh, an enrollment strategy, uh, but then also putting more uh, more academic content out there for students um, uh, for students to find. So, what are your top two or three initiatives? Like, what are those keep you up at night or wake you up early in the morning items that you have? Well, we just touched on one, and that is online mm -hmm. growth. Um, that is, it, we're putting a lot of time, energy, and effort into that. Um, the other is is. And, and it touches on both in the, the online space and in the residential space. And everyone's talking about it, but it's, it's retention. It's, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's finding those students who are a good fit, 
for, for the institution and then doing everything we can to support them along their journey and, uh, and, and retaining them. Um, every student is an opportunity at Bryan College. Uh, this is one of the things I tell uh, our faculty and staff. Every one of them represents an opportunity for us to impact the world. Um, and, and we have, you know, we, we're going to have a class of probably about 270, 275 new students. That's, a, again, a, uh, Lord willing, another year of increase uh, in enrollment for us. And each one of those students is, is, is an opportunity for us to impact a family, to impact a, a profession. And uh, so retention is, uh, those are two things that, uh, you know, online growth and, and then retention and persistence in that, in that online space. Mm -hmm. um, there are so many different competitors and, and lots of really great uh, institutions that our students have to choose from. It's our job to be the very best that we can be to strive for excellence and make it very difficult for them to leave. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So where do you see Bryan College in 10 years? 10 years, we're going to be, well, that's 2032. Um, you know, a lot of folks go to, uh, you know, those aspirational goals of, of numbers. I would love to see growth uh, at Bryan College. I'd love to see Bryan be a, uh, I think it, it, it would be a great school of about 1200 students. We're uh, a little over halfway there at this point. Um, I'd love to see us have a, a vibrant uh, online program that is, uh, is supporting our, our region. Um, but more than anything, Brad, for, for Brian, that we identify as, as we said at the outset, a faith-based institution. Um, more than anything, I want Brian in 2032 to still be true to to its core values, its core uh, institutional mission of educating students uh, to become servants of Christ, to make a difference in today's world. Um, remaining true to that, um, cognizant of all of the market pressures, responding to those in an appropriate way, of course, that's what we want to do. Uh, but maintaining that, that, that core mission um, is, is so very important to us. And so in 2032, if I can uh, say the same thing and, and maybe have a few more, you know, a few more students that, that we're having the opportunity to, to be a part of their lives, um, being a vibrant part of our community, uh, which we are now, um, we're going we're gonna to be successful. Well, excellent. Well, President Doug Mann, we really appreciate your time here on the Plexus Podcast Series. Thank you so much. Great. Thank you. Thank you for joining the Plexus Presidential Podcast Series. For more information on the series, please visit us at plexus.com forward slash solutions. Thank you.